1: What's up, y'all? It's Zach, with living corporate. Now, look, man, y'all know what it is. We coming to y'all. We come to y'all with real, authentic conversations every single week. So we're having these conversations, talking about that real, real. Okay, we're having conversations that center underrepresented, marginalized, underestimated, oppressed voices, experiences, and lived uh, lived identities in the workplace. And today. Uh, It's no different, man. We have uh, we have a great guest. Her name is Kanika Tover. Kanika Tover is no ordinary socialpreneur. She's a highly decorated information technology, federal government professional, rebel entrepreneur and certified professional coach and a serial innovator who's fueled by an extraordinary commitment to social change and helping others create their own epic lives. Not to mention she's the CEO and founder of Career Rehab in Washington, D.C., Career Rehab focuses on assisting career transitions uh, and transformations for students, professionals and retirees. Her company provides career coaching programs, events, webinars and digital resources to help people reach their goals. Uh, she's the acclaimed author of Career Rehab, Rebuild Your Professional Brand, and Rethink the Way You Work. In that book, and in, in the conversation today, we're going to be talking about amongst a wide array of things. What's holding you back from taking the next step in your career? She's been featured on CNN, CNBC, CBS Radio, Yahoo, Glassdoor, Black Enterprise Entrepreneur, The Washington Post. She's been all over the place. You know what I'm saying? So without further ado, welcome. Kanika, what's going on now? What's going on? All right. So, look, I read the bio. I read it, but let's talk about like the why behind the career coaching and things that you do and really how you transition from tech in the public sector and like this social entrepreneur work that you're doing now. Like, how did that come together?
2: I mean, it came together because I was just really at a place where I felt alone at work and I felt like, you know, I was growing professionally and I was making a lot of money, but I, w- I really felt like I wasn't being my true authentic self. And I really wanted to help people. Like I wanted to help people to get to the places that I, was able to reach in my career and not having a lot of support at work just kind of you know my passion was doing career coaching and helping people with resumes and stuff like that so that's kind of how I kind of moved into the career development space
1: so then let's talk about like what that like what are some of the the key differences as you transition from working in the public sector uh doing tech work to now going into personal career coaching?
2: So, I mean, I still work in the technology industry um, for the federal government, so I still have a, my day job as a federal government employee. Um, but what it kind of looks like as far as being an entrepreneur and having a full-time job, it's pretty much me kind of been just building my my career coaching clientele over the last three to four years. So I started off as a resume writer. I was helping people get a lot of good federal government jobs and and, and a lot of good high paying tech jobs because I was already in the industry. So I kind of started to do that. And then I started to kind of market myself online. And then I kind of transitioned into, you know, wanting a book deal and wanting to be an author and wanting to showcase a lot of the clients that had success with me. In in my book, but also I wanted to make sure that I was telling a true story of how you know my career life has gone for the last um for the last ten years. I've had my own personal challenges, so that's where career rehab kind of came into play because I felt like we needed we all need career career renovations. We all you know we all need to take our career to the next level in some way. So,
1: well, no, you're absolutely right. I also think it's easy, and we kind of talked about this a little bit off mic. It's like. when you consider like the history of America and like, uh, progress for black and Brown folks in the workplace, of course, black and Brown people had jobs, um, in corporate like settings, um, before the sixties. Um, but when you talk about like that, real influx like that, you know, we really haven't, we really haven't been largely represented, but for some less than like 50 some odd years, and we've only had all of our rights on paper, on paper since like 1965 so right you know so when you think about that like you know you and i were like the first generation of folks born with all of our rights um or the second generation right? you know if you want to like it, it gets kind of hairy right because you think about like really gen x gen x is like really the first first generation yeah. of people <laughs> who were coming into the professional space with all of their rights on paper and even still today right there are still folks who are first generation college like who are you know 30 Or in their late 20s who are the first generation professionals, the first generation Mm -hmm. folks who graduate from college. So, you know, when you think about like career rehab, the concept of career rehab or just like needing to like really assess where you're at and what you're doing. um, Those things um, that that's a that's a novel concept for a lot of people who really just started getting into this space. You know what I mean?
2: No, I agree. I think even, you know, me being more of a millennial, I think the Gen Xers, they were the ones that really set the tone for, you know, helping to establish, you know, good, I would say the baby boomers established work ethic, right? You know, being loyal to jobs, that's my parents' generation. And then you have the Gen Xers who, they started to get educated, they started to get jobs but the millennials, I think, are the game-changing generation because we want more than just the education and the job. We want passionate work. We want work that matters. We want, we, we want people to know our worth. And I think the Gen Xers were a little bit more like, I'm going to just do what I'm told to do, and this is my job. I got it. I got my papers. I got my college degree. I got my education. But they didn't really rock the boat the way millennials and the newer generations are rocking the boat within the workplace.
1: No, I agree with that. I think it's interesting because when you look at like the research that continues to come out and then you look at social media, that continues to like really be a game changer in terms of democratizing information and making things just really accessible. Uh, When you talk about just the reality of inequity, right? When you talk about from pay inequity to like opportunities to promote and um, to to rise within the ranks uh, to hiring and like the exclusivity of some of these social circles and uh, how a lot of these uh, even these like technology pipelines and things like that are really closed off I do believe that um, we're in a different generation now than we were you know 15 20 years ago where we just didn't all of people knew but we now we know we know you know what I mean
2: right yep
1: so so when you talk about like career rehab and rebuilding your personal brand like and rethinking the way you work like can we talk about some of the core tenets of that like what does that mean and where were you in your career? That made you say, I need a rehab. Like, what what were some of the telltale signs that you needed to rehab?
2: So rebuilding your personal brand was kind of like for me at a point where I was leaving my good federal government job to go into private sector. And I was scared. I was like, oh, my gosh, like I've been in the federal government space. This is comfortable. And I went to go work for a company um, by by the name of Deloitte. I hadn't, didn't know anything about the company. So I had to rebuild my personal brand as far as my resume and my LinkedIn profile to be able to talk the talk of private sector because the government talks totally different than private sector. So that was a time where I was really going through a transition of being unhappy in my government job. And I was like, you know, I have to rebrand myself. If I'm going to be able to get into a very innovative company, I'm going to have to like, you know, shift the way um my brand has been looking for as my resume and as far as like my LinkedIn profile. So that was kind of like how I started to shift my mindset about how I thought about personal branding. Because in government, you just don't think about personal branding like that, right? You think about this is a good government job and I work for this and I'm going to be here for 30 years. And, you know, my family and my aunties and my mom and everybody pretty much around me was like, get a good government job. And I'm like, this is really not even necessarily me, but I'm going to do it. So that's kind of the shift that, that happened in my personal career.
1: So let's let's continue to talk about this. You know, I'm trying to understand when we talk about rethinking what it is you need or w- really what you want out of your career, like what would you say are some of the biggest kind of like traps or patterns in your coachees that you see that lets you know that they need to be coached or that they need some help?
2: Rethinking the way that you work it's a career mindset shift because so often, we don't really focus in on talking about like getting paid now and getting the money power and respect. That's one of the things I coach people on is it's not just about getting the job offer. It's about getting the money, power, and respect and the power and respect comes into play when you become a subject matter expert. You have the power and the respect to be marketable. I think a lot of times in our community of people of color, we just get so validated by, oh, I'm going to get this like nice paying job that we still don't get the power and respect their work. So that's a mindset shift. Another mindset shift that I see that I have even applied to myself and even applied to my coaching clients is things like commutes worth the coins. It's okay to have a realistic commute. It's okay to ask for remote options from home. I think we so often are scared to ask for the work-life balance component of things in the workplace and it has made us feel like we have kind of like have a slavery mentality towards the job instead of the job offering us the things that we need in order to have balance
1: yeah and i mean i think i think that also comes though from like a very real fear of loss right like you know like the system that we live in today like you need money to survive and if you have people who have maybe they interviewed at 50 jobs and this is the finally the job that said yes it's hard to then if you see you making those requests as a risk to you keeping your job and then by relation keeping your lights on you know it's it's tough right so like, so it's kind of like you know when you talk about like that self-assessment to understand how to ask and then even facing those fears of asking like what does it look like for the people that you talk to to like help them get over some of the the fears that they have in advocating for themselves
2: i think one thing that I wanted to, to kind of touch on when we talk about personal branding is that we have to continue to try to the best of our ability to align our personal brand of who we are as individuals with an employer brand that will make us feel like we feel good about this job situation. Right. Um, so that's that's important that when we are looking for jobs and interviewing for jobs, that if there are things on our list that we desire to have. In addition to our annual salary, if it's work-life balance, if, it, if it's paid time off, if it's remote options from home, I think it's important to do research on the job just as much as they're doing research research on you as they're coming as you're coming to interview with them. I think we apply blindly and we go on job interviews blindly, not really looking at all of the other things that the job may or may not offer. Um, from a culture perspective and from a benefits perspective.
1: And so then what does it look like to like assess a company to make sure that their personal brand does align with yours? Like how do you, what, how does one go about that type of research?
2: So that type of research can happen through websites like glassdoor.com. You can also, what I've done and what I've coached my clients to do is it's important to reach out to what I usually do in the past is I've reached out to, you know, black and brown folks that worked at the company and I connected with them on LinkedIn and I either, you know, had a Zoom call with them or coffee chat or we met up for lunch and or we just talked on the phone and I just wanted to get their insight on how the company culture is for them um, and how things have been working out for them because sometimes Glassdoor, um, it has some good consistent information about the companies, but it's also good to talk to people that already work for the company.
1: Absolutely, and, and you know, it's I have folks hit me up on LinkedIn. Um, black and brown folks hit me up often. Like, so let me, let me, like, not even exaggerate, like a lot, <laughs> a lot. Um, asking me about, you know, um, you know, have you worked? You know, I know that you work here now. Like, you know, would you recommend this being a place for me? What would be your recommendation or advice on how to ask and how to network? You know, in terms of asking people who currently work there and like how to reach out. Like, what are some of the best practices for you?
2: Some of the best practices for me have been just developing a standard uh, direct message template through LinkedIn, and um, introducing yourself. Well, the first thing what you want to do is you want to edify them, edify their profile, make them feel good, make them feel comfortable for for them coming into talking to talking to you as a stranger. Right. So I try to make the person that I'm interviewing like, oh hey, I, you know I see you work at this company and I see you have an awesome profile and you're an expert at. This particular subject, and then I go in and I say, "Well, hey, you know, um, just wanted to, to reach out to you just to connect with you to see how you've um, been enjoying the company, and um, I'm interested in applying or well, I have applied to X job, and um, I would love to chat with you to see how your your experience has been." So I try to send out maybe maybe close to 10 messages because not everybody's going to respond back. Um, Some people are scared to talk about company culture with a stranger. And some people just don't care. Some people just don't really use LinkedIn and they don't respond. And a lot of people would just be be willing to share their experiences. Um, And I try to get a diverse perspective. So I don't just say, let me just reach out to all the black folks. I'm looking to reach out to a diverse set of people. So, you know, Asian, white, black, female, male, you know what I mean? So I don't get just one perspective.
1: Right, right. So let's talk a little bit about your work with Int Books and uh, your work with uh, Entrepreneur, right? Like how did you create that relationship and, and, and what does it look like to, to maintain that? And how does it help the work that you do today?
2: I pretty much got a book deal with Entrepreneur a year ago, um, probably maybe December twenty. 20- 18ish, I should say, maybe a little bit over a year ago. But um, going into 2019, I got a book deal, and that relationship is really good. Um, I had pretty much <laughs> was trying to get a book deal for a while with Career Rehab. Career Rehab actually got turned down by a lot of other publishers. So Career Career Rehab was pitched to Entrepreneur. They loved the idea. Um, they at first they had a lot of if anybody knows Entrepreneur dot com's brand and their magazine, they have a lot of more entrepreneur business based authors on their roster. So they were looking for opening up an arena for more career topic type authors. So um I came in right on time for this particular time that they were looking for people and they were looking for more minority women authors. Cause it's entrepreneur has a lot of um, white male authors. So um, that's kind of how that relationship happened. I got on the phone with them. I pitched them the idea. They really liked it. Um, We started writing um, in January, 2019. And then the book came out a year after that. And this year came out 2020. So it was a really good relationship. What I like about the platform and I like about what they're allowing me to do is they're allowing me to, um, reuse a lot of the career rehab content in the book through articles. Um, we're going to be doing webinars and they're also allowing me to highlight other things that I want to talk about. Like we featured mental hearts. We're featuring Netta Jenkins with Dipper. So like I'm using the platform to also highlight us.
1: Right, (laughs) in a way, (laughs) right, right, right,
2: right. (laughs) You get it, you know. So, so I am using mainstream media things that they've never seen from an African American woman who's an author. But I am saying, hey, let's shed light on all of these awesome people that I know in my network as well.
1: Yeah, I am just, I am really honored, you know. I am saying that you came on our platform and talk about your book, to talk about, and we have some like just some basic tenets on just some of the things that we don't know and how we build. And I, I do think I do talk to folks, right? Because like I am thirty years old and most millennials at this point, they've been at their jobs for, you know, at least five or six years, right? Like they've been working for five or six years. And a lot of us will we'll get hired somewhere after we, you know, do undergrad and then we do grad school. Um, a lot of us then will be, will be at our jobs for like five, six. And some of us who didn't uh, do any type of post-grad, you know, we've been working for seven, eight years, you know, if not a little bit yeah. longer. And yep. so, Um, I think it's important for us as we look at a new decade, like what does it look like to do an assessment and make a determination of, am I really where I need to be? And if not, what does it look like for me to create a path um, either at my current employer or to seek opportunities elsewhere? Um, Before we let you go, this has been a dope conversation. um, Let's uh, let's let's get some shout outs in here. Where where can people learn about you? I want you to plug your stuff um, and then any parting words you have for us.
2: Um, You definitely can find the Career Rehab book on Amazon.com. You can find me at KanikaTover.com. I'm pretty much on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn, all at KanikaTover. Um, Those are my handles. They're all pretty much the same, KanikaTover. And, um, you know, you can just find me on, like, a lot of other podcast shows. I've done a lot of interviews. So, yeah.
1: I appreciate you. Uh Kanika, this has been Fire. Y'all, this has been Zach. You've been on the Living Corporate Podcast. You know, we uh, we everywhere. Okay. You check us out on you check us out on uh Google, you just or whatever your search engine is, uh Firefox, you know. Uh, what's another on um, Edge? I don't know. <laughs> Chrome, Chrome. You, you know what I'm saying? Whatever. You know, you out there just Google it. it's living corporate, you know, we out here. Uh, but if you are into domains, living dash corporate, please say the dash.com. And then we're also living co, living corporate. U S living corporate.net living corporate. Dot. Um, shoot all the living corporates except for living corporate.com because Australia owns living com. Okay. So when y'all go to living corporate.com and y'all see, um, corporate apartment <laughs> rentings. Don't be like, what happened? No, I told y'all it's living corporate.com. Please say that, dash. Or you can do living Any other thing besides.com. We're gonna pop up, okay? Now, make sure you follow us on Twitter at living corporate underscore pod or Instagram at living corporate. And you know, our DMs are wide open. You have a question, you listen to let you want to send something in for us to read on the show, we can do that. Um, until next time, uh, this has been Zach. You've been listening to Kanika Tover, CEO and author of Career Rehab. VIP entrepreneur entrepreneur, uh, career coach, speaker, educator, uh, technology consultant, professional. Till next time, y'all. Peace.
2: Living Corporate is a podcast by Living Corporate LLC. Our logo was designed by David Dawkins. Our theme music was produced by Ken Brown. Additional music production by Antoine Franklin for Musical Elevation. Post-production is handled by Jeremy Jackson. Got a topic suggestion? Email us at livingcorporatepodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can find us online on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and living-corporate.com. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned.